Deal with it. We're all screwed up. Find out how to be happy no matter what is going on. Here's Tracy Crossley. Before we start today's podcast, I wanted to share some comments from some of Tracy's clients that have worked with her in both group coaching situations and one-on-one coaching. And to reach out to Tracy for a discovery session, please email her at happiness at tracycrossley.com. That's happiness at tracycrossley.com. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. The real story is that Tracy saved my butt been an amazing opportunity for me so I feel like if I can make growth from it I know anyone can. It's the best investment I've ever made in myself. It way beats a Greek holiday and I love my Greek holidays. Thank you so much for um, uh, all the work in the session and the Marco Polo to help me. So Tracy you're awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm really enjoying doing it again with more knowledge and being more connected to my feelings. Yeah it's really good. So I think it's really good that you make it available for a whole year because I think you can do it at the start, but then when you do it again, it's like such a different experience. And I think I'm getting more out of it. Like I got a lot, it shifted me a lot the first time I did it, but this time it's like, I'm still, I'm picking up on even more things that I didn't realize about myself or that have like come to light recently. It's just been, it's just been amazing. And I just, if anyone's even thinking about it, do it. Even if you're just thinking about it, just do it. Just go there, you know? Just just do it for yourself, you know? Welcome to this special edition where Tracy answers your burning questions. Hey, hi, live. I wasn't sure if it was gonna work. It was having trouble connecting. So I know Facebook had issues yesterday. So anyways, I need to shut off this one little thing here. There we go. Okay. So, hey, emotional baggage. Do you have any? I do. I've gotten rid of a lot of it. I don't really carry it around like I used to. Um, But emotional baggage is kind of a bitch because it really controls everything in our lives as far as our perception, what we allow ourselves to do, how we blame other people. You know, the things that we won't take responsibility for all come from our emotional baggage. When you have emotional baggage, it's saying life out here controls what's in here. So all of the events that have ever happened to me and not that events happen separately. Hey, Dee, um, those are the reason I feel the way I do. Instead of choosing how I feel, I'm not choosing it. Instead, I'm having it chosen for me because of how I'm identifying life, how I'm saying life is being. Hey, babe. and I'm and, and that's what I do to myself, right? It's that I'm saying, okay, life, you've done this and you've done that. And that's why I feel the way I do. And that's why I'm going to limit myself. I mean, we don't actually consciously have these conversations, but subconsciously we do. Our subconscious is always keeping track. It's like, hey, this event happened a really long time ago. And now an event like that also happened. So that must mean the shit needs to hit the fan. Or it means I need to run away. Or it means something. And I'm giving all this meaning to things outside of me. So I'm never really getting to make choices about what I truly want. Because there's all these challenges when you have emotional baggage that say, no, don't go there. Danger, danger, Will Robinson, right? It's like it will not allow you to. And so you have to be able to go through your subconscious beliefs and your patterns and break them. 
and get rid of the heaviness that baggage gives you because baggage is emotionally heavy. I know because shit, I've carried a shit ton of it. I, I don't have as much. I think I have like a carry on or, you know, like a, I don't know, a wallet size. I don't know. Maybe I have more, but I don't really think so. I think that I, when things come up, my deal is I don't want to live a limited existence. So I'm all about, okay, Trace, what's going on? Look at your crap. If I have crap and then I want to break the patterns and I want to challenge those beliefs because I don't want to be stuck in this tiny little life just like this. Because that's what happens when you don't want to break your patterns or when you're waiting for someone else to change or something to change outside of you that's going to allow you to all of a sudden feel like, oh, everything's okay now. No, you got to be okay. Anyway, that's my choice. And I'm assuming if you're watching, you're wanting to make that same choice, right? Oh, by the way, I won't be doing this next week. I'm going to be doing a live webinar at this time next week about how perfectionism kills relationships because it does. <laughs> it's also like a slow death for you too, because it just sucks the life out of you. But anyways, I will be um, having the sign up start tomorrow for it and we'll officially announce it tomorrow. But I just want to let you guys know, I won't be doing this next week. It'll be a webinar. All right. I'm going to get to the questions right now. Okie dokie. Here we go. Question number one. And I know some of these were long and I, I have somebody on my team who actually shortens them. Um, because sometimes I get very, you know, like long, long questions and, um, and we'd be here for a while if I was, um, giving you all the background. Here we go. Okay. It seems like a new financial matter in my life has mimicked my romantic life or vice versa. I'm trying to project, guess, or initiate an outcome, which is part of my usual behavior in financial or romantic situations. My new financial matter is causing me a lot of worry and I'm obsessing about it, mostly because I don't really know where it will lead. I'm prepared and have educated myself about my decision, but my obsessing has, made, has me worried. It's the same feeling when a new relationship comes to me. Could you possibly help me with any words of wisdom? Well, there's a fear of loss. It's a fear of loss. So what are you afraid of losing? Obviously, when it's a financial Thing, okay, whether it's a financial investment or something financially where we stand to possibly lose, because it sounds like you could, there's fear there, but you got to know what it is, right? So it's a fear of loss of money, but it's also fear around having to feel some really crappy feelings when you do lose money. I mean, people always think, oh, you know, investing or any kind of a financial business decision is all intellectual. It is not because Half the time when you're worried or you have anxiety about it, right there, there's emotions, right? And there's a fear that you're going to have to go through some kind of feeling you don't want to go through. I don't want to go through the feeling of being, being homeless. I don't want to be, you know, going through the feeling of whatever your worst nightmare is when it comes to loss. And if you associate that same feeling with a relationship, it, it makes sense because there's a fear of loss there. Obviously, anytime you enter a relationship, there's a fear of loss, a fear of rejection, you know, a fear things might not work out. It's the same thing. Hey, Dewanda. Um, and that is what makes you obsessed because you're probably looking at every little detail. Like, can I save this? Can I make this okay? Can I control this? And in those cases, romance, you don't really have any kind of control over other people. And when it comes to what it sounds like with your financial investment, you don't have any control there either. So maybe you're looking for where you can control so that that fear doesn't come true. So what you have to do is you have to learn how to accept where you are. 
accept that you made this financial investment and let go of it. Yeah. So I say that not like you can just go, oh, okay, Tracy, thanks. I'm going to go and let go right now. It is to look for where fear has obstacles to you letting go. Where are the obstacles? You have to find them. There are definitely obstacles that must say something about you. A lot of times we fear things that are going to say something bad about us or where we might be judged by other people. And for a lot of people, even though they want to say, oh, I don't give a shit about what other people think, bullshit. If you look at a lot of your thoughts, hey, Tom, you're going to find that that crap lives in your head, that you are constantly judging yourself or you are being judged by other people in your head, an assumption. Not necessarily true, but what you are thinking is true. So you have to look at those kind of obstacles. And those are the things that keep you from letting go or accepting situations that you've taken actions to be in, whether it's a relationship or a financial decision. You're the one who chose. You also have to take that responsibility on. A lot of times we don't want to take the responsibility on for our choices. We sort of want it to be like, well, I did all the research so I can blame the research if the research is wrong. Right. Or I took this chance on this person. And so if this person's all fucked up, that's the problem, not me. So you want to own what you are doing when you own it and you're responsible for your choices. It makes it easier. It really does. It's an emotional joy, uh, excuse me, an emotional choice. <clears throat> okay. All right. I'm going to go on to the next question because I could talk about that for a while. All right. <clears throat> Two years ago, I had, I team taught with another English teacher who was diagnosed with cancer. I helped her out a lot, including visiting her home and even staying over, making food, and checking in on her regularly. She often said how much she appreciated me. She got through treatment and has been cancer-free for a year. Last summer, she said she wanted to celebrate my birthday, so we picked a day. Then she asked if, <clears throat> I'm sorry, then she asked if we could go to the gym instead because she was broke, wanting to do the birthday celebration another time. We made another date, but she canceled. Because it was out of character, I said I was a little hurt and wondering if she was having anxiety about eating out or depressed or just busy. She responded that I was right about everything and that I wanted something she couldn't give me. Then she blocked me. I wrote two apology letters that went unanswered and even knocked on her door to talk. But her ex said he would call the police if I didn't leave. At work, she filed a complaint against me. I'm trying to forgive for my sake, but it's rough and, and going to work isn't fun. I feel awful about things and don't understand why she did what she did. I would like your insight and advice if possible. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, so I'm curious as to how you ended up. Hey, Barrett, you're welcome. How you ended up her rescuer, how you were put in the position or allowed yourself to be put in the position of rescuing her in the first place. In my work, because I want to keep this short because this could be a really long answer, I, I tend to go to the drama triangle. It's called Cartman's Drama Triangle. You can look it up online. It was uh, developed in the early 70s, and it's where you have the rescuer, the victim, and the perpetrator. So you've been in all three spots here, okay? You started off rescuing this woman for some reason. Um, she was a coworker. It sounds like you guys became friends. And then I'm not quite sure about what's missing in this conversation. And I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just saying I, I don't feel like I understand what your relationship was besides you rescuing her. Okay. And so then it wasn't on equal footing. And it sounds like you were hoping to have some kind of a birthday celebration with her and that that would give you, um, I don't know, 
some kind of reward perhaps for rescuing her. And you may not be consciously thinking this stuff, by the way. And I'm not, again, saying you're consciously thinking about it, but it's a better way to try and understand where your actions are coming from. Like what makes me do the things I do. Okay. So then now you're, you know, you're the victim when she blocks you, right? And she's calling you the perpetrator. You know, she's calling you the person who is doing something wrong. And you feel like all I did was say to this woman, hey, you must be depressed or something or whatever, which I'm not quite sure where that comes from either. Because here's the thing. If somebody is flaking out on you, which it sounds like she was, instead, you want to ask questions. And I'm not saying that this caused her to do this because who knows what was going on with her. She might have had tremendous guilt or something going on where she felt she wanted to get away. That's her deal. Okay. That that's a separate thing, but it's about you. Like you want to know from me, like, what could I do? The only thing I would say, at least in that part of it. So going forward in your life, you own things and you go, you know, this is how I feel. And this is where I'm coming from rather than trying to say, well, you're doing this or you're doing that and blah, blah, blah. Because Obviously, you're assuming and assumptions don't really ever help anything. It's better to always ask people like, hey, what's going on? Anything I can help you with? And because I'm your rescuer, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, no, but seriously, anything I can help we with is really a question that most of us ask without even thinking about it. Right. So in this situation, probably not the best question to ask, but instead it's to gather information. And so then when it came to the other stuff that came after that, where you were accused of being the perpetrator, you know, it's to look at how did I end up here? Where did I not take responsibility for myself and my own actions? Was I being the martyr, which is the other side of the rescuer? You know, what was I doing? How did I put myself here? Because it sounds kind of strange that she went to the school and did all of this. And it sounds like you had no recourse. And I'm wondering why you're still there. What are you doing for you? This is what I want to know. What are you doing for you? How are you taking care of yourself? Are you taking care of yourself? Or are you waiting for everybody outside of you to get that you've been wronged and that this is just a setup and you know, you've been put in this place? Because again, we're going back to being a victim. So all of these things are on the drama triangle. That's why I'm like, I could probably spend all day talking about how this works but you want to look at your own behaviors and why, because that's the only freedom you have. You can't change the other people. You have no control over what they do. And so therefore it's up to you to take responsibility for you. See, everybody's all, Oh, well, you know, they did this or they did that and blah, blah, blah. That doesn't help you because you can't control other people. How you're going to lock them in chains and Hey, you better do what I say. I mean, that's where I always come back to. And that for me was the biggest help is when I took on my own shit. And why am I doing this? What am I hoping to get? How am I hoping to influence people? Do I need them to validate me so that I know I'm okay? And the answer used to be yes. I needed everybody to be in agreement with me. Otherwise, I felt depressed. Oh my God, somebody's upset with me. Somebody's not liking me. Oh yeah, I was I was the queen of this. All right, I am only on question two and I should be getting off right now. So let me get to the next uh, two questions here real quick. Okay, since listening to your podcast on being annoying, I've been trying to get deeper when I feel this way. 
I have uncovered some insights, but I wondered if you can suggest a questioning process to investigate these. For example, a guy at work treats me like I don't exist and is passive aggressive towards me, acknowledging others whilst ignoring me. Or he will include people around me in conversations, but not me. This annoys me and I give way too much energy to being angry at him. Well, <clears throat> why do you want to be included? Not because it's wrong. When I ask questions, by the way, you guys, I'm not trying to go, oh, you're wrong. I want you to ask these questions of yourself so you know, why do I want this? Or why is that important? You got to know yourself, okay? So you want to know, why does this annoy me? What is it? Okay, I feel excluded. I feel that I'm getting my value from somebody else and he's not giving me that value. So I've got to give me that value. Well, what can I do? Well, you can be in alignment with yourself. You can choose you. So I say this a lot and people don't understand what the hell that means. So we make choices all the time. Constantly we're making choices, right? What are we going to eat? What am I going to wear? You know, simple, you know, things like that. And then the bigger questions, of course. Oftentimes we don't choose ourselves, meaning we choose because we're trying to please somebody. We choose because we want something out there and we're going to manipulate to get what we want. Um, we sacrifice so that we look like we're a certain kind of person. We do things like this all the time without thinking about it because it's so ingrained in our patterns. It doesn't help you. Because what it does is it depletes you of your own energy, meaning your physical, emotional, mental energy. It's exhausting. But we've been doing it for so long, we're just used to being exhausted in this way. Honestly, it is a way of staying exhausted. So what you have to do is recognize, I'm choosing against myself when I do those things. I'm not choosing me. If I'm choosing me, I'm not trying so hard to get what I want out here. I'm saying okay to what's in here, meaning stop depleting yourself of the energy. So you want to look at where do I people please? Where am I trying to be a perfectionist? Where am I looking for a problem? Like in this situation, I am looking for a problem. Stop. It's not your problem. It's his choice to do what he does. You get to choose what you do and not be in reaction to it. So those are the kind of things I would tell you to do um, as far as the questions you want to ask yourself because you want to get deeper and you want to know what your motivation is because this person shouldn't be ruling your world. Nobody should be ruling our world. We should be in charge of our world, okay? All right, let me get to one last question here. I have listened to your podcast for about a year and would classify myself as an avoidant. I want to find a relationship, but I find it hard getting second dates. I'm probably doing something to push men away, but I don't know what it is, or maybe I just attract the wrong men. How can I fix what I don't see? So oftentimes you have no awareness of what you're doing, and this is not you personally, but anybody, me included. When I would date, I had no idea how I showed up. I was so focused on the other person and how they showed up. It's what are they doing? What are they about? Do I like them? Do I not like them? So it was all about them. None of it was about me. So when you set yourself up to do the same things over and over, because you do, it's a pattern. So there are probably things you are doing that show you're not interested in this person. And I'm not saying that you have to show interest. What it is is that when I'm so focused like on analyzing something, you know, I'm analyzing my date. I'm not in the date. I'm not in the moment. I'm out of the moment. I'm somewhere else completely. So what I have to do is bring myself into the moment and go, am I connected? Am I saying things that are true and authentic about me? 
Or am I saying things to try and impress somebody so they don't reject me? You know, when you try too hard, when you're not being yourself, you often put yourself in that position of, you know, setting yourself up for rejection, right? But it's really about being yourself and being in your body and paying attention. What am I doing when I'm on a date? How am I showing up? Is fear leading because I'm already going, oh my God, this guy's not going to like me? Do you like you? And, and I don't mean that in a jerky way. I mean, do you like you? Because if you don't, then you got to dig deeper and go, what is it I don't like about myself? We all have things that we say, I don't like about myself. And the only thing you can do is accept those things because you can spend a lifetime arguing with yourself about the shit you don't like, or you can just say, okay, fuck it. It's there. I may as well embrace me because it feels better because it does. So anyways, that's my short answer. And I'm sorry, I got to run, but you guys take care. And remember next week, I'm having a live webinar at this time about perfectionism and how it kills relationships. I'll put the information out tomorrow so you can sign up for it if you're interested. All right, guys, take care. I'll see you uh, in two weeks on Facebook Live. Bye-bye. To find out more about Tracy and her podcast, visit tracycrossley.com. That's where you can sign up for her newsletter and information session and find out more about her courses and programs. The address again is tracycrossley.com. If you like the podcast, please leave a five-star review on iTunes so that more people can find it.